Welcome to Blind Drunk, a podcast where Tim and David enjoy some drinks and a convivial spirit for a relaxed conversation where you may or may not learn something. So grab a glass and some headphones and drink along with us. Hello listeners and welcome to the first episode of Blind Drunk for a very long time and it's very exciting because we are at the home of Stouty Mixed Outface, quite possibly the best stout made in South Australia. There were kegs of it at the Oxford for about six weeks, which made me a very, very happy man, and then the kegs were empty, and then I was a very sad man. And now we are actually at Shifty Lizard, and not only is there Stouty Mixed Outface, there is also a Russian Imperial Stout. So at this point, now that I've had a big story about Stout, I will introduce everyone. I will, of course, introduce the man who always goes on podcast adventures with me. Hello, Tim. Oh, thank you very much for having me, David. It's nice to be here. Hello. <laughs> and sitting remarkably quietly are our two special guests who've been on before when we recorded at the Oxford. Hey, David, how are you? <laughs> Lucas got in first. Uh, I word. snuck in, Pat. Sorry, mate. <laughs> and Bob. Pat, welcome. How you going? <laughs> Is that what you say on podcast? Yeah, <laughs> that's how you do it. That's how you do it. <laughs> It was just, it was just so, it was very Pat-like. It was, yeah. How you going? All right. Well, gents, uh, I will establish the rules that you can eat at any point because I am individually multi-tracking you. And if you make noises, I will okay. just cut you out. Oh, amazing. Because it won't be heard on the other three microphones. So we well, can make as much work for you as we like. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine by me. In fact, I will establish the... Uh, the onion ring crunch. Yeah. The precedent. Because the crunch is best. Mm. Oh, man. This, this food is good. All right, gents. I feel like just let's break the ice. Let's get some social lubricant going. We'll start. We, what are we starting with here? We have four. We have uh, a tasting paddle. Are you both equally into Shifty Lizard, or is this like Pat's special thing? Or? Oh, we've we've come here a fair bit, haven't we, Pat? Been, been here once or twice. They had the the Jamaican Me Hazy. That oh, was a really that, good yeah, one. That's yeah, which I saw on the website had all sold out. So I'm guessing it was very good. Mm. But we have the Bruce Lizard and the Kipper and the G- Gila Monster and the the Russian. Mm. Oats out in front of us. Mm. So I guess. Uh, and so I believe that the Russian is the limited edition. The others are just normal, always around. Or um, it's the Russian is a new one. I don't mm. know if it's limited edition. Okay, would certainly I think be it's very just, much a winter thing, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. A heavy Russian one. Lucas is already into it. Right. <laughs> yep. Well, oh, delicious. Well, I just I, I did mention before we started recording that I've been having oats and oat milk for breakfast. <laughs> so this is uh, just really following it up. He's been very trifecta. Yeah, yeah, oh, delicious. Yeah, that's that's gorgeous. Mm. It, it literally tastes like a sweaty Russian beard. A sweaty Russian beard. <laughs> In really? a good way. I don't <laughs> know why we let him write descriptions. <laughs> I've always liked that. Last yeah, 100%. Sorry, let me just yeah. mute you for a second. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it, like Obviously, so, it's positive, but I just like describing it and... And it, this is the things that it reminds me of. My brain Palpable. works in weird ways. Yeah. yeah, 100%. It's got a beautiful sweet chocolate note. Mm. It's almost got a coffee note. It's got very good length. Mm. I see what you mean. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have the description here, so I can't actually give you the, uh, the formal description. However, I can tell you that the Stouty McStout face normally does have uh, roasted barley, light chocolate malt notes, yep. and coffee flavors. Uh, and this is just crispy. more of everything. Yeah. Like a good Russian stout should be. It's just how much more can be more? Well, Ooh, a lot more can be more. Any citrus hints? Nah. No? Okay, interesting. Mm. Well, it, to me, there's a never so slight acidity of just a nice stout, but I wouldn't call that citrusy. But that okay. might just be me. I can smell the citrus more than I can taste it. And see, that's sense. the interesting thing. It does smell different to what it tastes. 
You know, to me, the chocolate smell is more obvious than the chocolate taste. Yeah, it does have like coffee notes. I reckon. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I can't really taste any Russian beard in there. Um, <laughs> it's the aftertaste. <laughs> more importantly, it's not stuck in your teeth, and that is the most important thing. <laughs> Gents, I've been reading a book recently. Well, that's not true. Listening? Hmm. No, not even that. I listened to a Joe Rogan Experience podcast recently with Edward Slingerland, who David and I both like one of his previous books. I'm not sure if you've... Do you both listen to Joe Rogan? I haven't in okay. several months. Okay, well, he's had a recent episode where he had a guest that I was really interested in, Edward Slingerland. Anyway, he's written this book recently um, about alcohol uh, and being drunk and the uh, effects that has on your prefrontal cortex effectively inhibits your prefrontal cortex, which allows you to behave A, more like a child and B, more creatively. Mm. Um, and how, a pretty good combo. Mm, and how there are these, uh, I think one of the coders at Microsoft, like one of the, used to be a CEO, he had this like specific point where he, if he got to 0.8% blood alcohol level, it was like his optimum coding. Uh, right. I hope you're saying 0.08. 0.08. Because if it was 0.8, yeah, I, yeah, I think that's dead. 0.08. <laughs> Dead's bad, man. <laughs> So yeah, he would. So he would do that. Yeah, and there was that rumors, and it's probably bullshit. Rumors that he like had an IV drip of alcohol just to, to keep it that like, to keep it that. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, but this comes, that's impressive. This comes back to a conversation. I'm not sure we've had it on blind drunk, but we've talked about it before. And that is, you get to that wonderful point where you've had just enough drinks to be buzzed, mm. and the hardest thing in the world is to drink just enough to stay buzzed. Yeah, but not fall off it, and either go too far or too little. Yeah, it, it sounds um, familiar to how I get when I'm playing pool. It's like that, that perfect yeah. amount where you're like, oh, just all enough these, to not all think these calculations. Too much. I can yeah, do it. Just yeah, watch it. it. Yeah, this actually explains why I can only play the harmonica when I'm drunk. Because oh. <laughs> you need to not be thinking. Yeah, because yeah. I just need to like, be creative with it. And yeah, and look how well you played last time you were on. Yeah, played really like, well. Right. That's a good point. You'd, you'd had you know, pints of big alcohol beer. Yeah. Hold on. Doesn't your mum like? Isn't your mum so proud of that harmonica playing? She plays it to like plays the a podcast well, from that episode. episode. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I did. I did bring it. You did. Oh, I brought God. you a harmonica today. Amazing. Just <laughs> how Just many times case. have we played that song with the harmonica? Oh, way less than the song that we played like, in the last podcast. How many times do you think? How many times are you saying that? Because that's the lyric of the song. <laughs> or is this a real question? It's a real question. Or is it a maybe real question like, about lyrics? Maybe like four times. Four times. And I've always been drunk. So there you go, Ron. Oh. Like, if it's, prepare yourself. If I... it's really shit, <laughs> it's I've... my fault. <laughs> I've just um, I've just put my lips to the Bruce Le- Lizard. Yeah. Lizard. So is that Lizard? number one or number two? That is number one. Number yep. one. Right. I just had a sip of number three, which is the, the Gila Monster. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, the Bruce Lizard is a West Coast IPA. Oh, or I should say Shifty Lizard's take on a West Coast IPA. American IPA. Big fruity nose up front, and then, then a flying kick from firm citrus bitterness steps up. Doesn't hang around long before the fruity mouthfeel comes through with the galaxy hops and finishes you off with a nice, refreshing, hoppy end. Now, I'm, I fully... Get on! I, I I'm fully tasting those fruit notes, but it's they're, they're not short. Like I feel like most IPAs have that. No, there's lovely length. Yeah, and, and the bitterness is not like a whack of bitterness. Mm, yeah. Once again, both things have lovely length, which is pretty rare. So it's more like the slow motion kick, 
where it started and got to that high pitch point and then just echoes out over yeah. seconds as you 100%. realize some poor sod's about to lose his nose to Bruce's big toe. Yeah, 100%, exactly. Um, so do not be the big toe, be I, the nose. I'm, I'm enjoying that thoroughly. I like when you read what I'm meant to be tasting because then I can actually taste it. Yeah, priming is a, de- yeah. a, a you know, terrible thing. I feel David does that to me all the time because I will just describe things as sweaty Russian beards. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then I just roll my eyes and go, well, that's an unacceptable article. It's not, it's not getting to the essence of what we need to get to. And that is it's yum and it's not beardy. Okay, well, what if I phrased it in a way, this is a, um, a term of phrase that I feel like Chloe has popularized with me. Uh, I'm not sure about us. I don't want to speak for everyone, but it has sweaty Russian beard energy. Oh, the energy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, but it's the word on the end, so that would suggest to me that something with energy mm. at, at least has sort of positiveness or at least movement. Yes. There's a, there's nice. a, if it doesn't yeah. have energy on the end, then that's just something that's being very still. Like, <laughs> is there an equivalent word for sapping energy in Chloe's lexicon? Oh, God. No, I don't think so. So things are either energy or not energy. So it's yeah. either... Well, yeah. things can be a bad energy. Ah. Be like stepping on a Lego brick energy. Mm. Right. True. So, for instance, David, uh, I'm just trying to think. So, the, the common one that I think everyone gets is like um, drinking lemonade and TV static and pins and needles all oh. have the same energy. Uh. Because of the mouthfeel of like uh, carbonated drinks and then like TV static kind of has like a, I don't know. Pins and needles, same. No, okay, it's not like an not energy. I, I get what you, I remember <laughs> we us having this conversation and it, it took a while for us <laughs> to grasp. Yeah, but to me, the, the problem is that they are too different and it might be because I'm missing the most powerful sense. Which is, yeah, so true. I, the, so if the you're missing TV the most static. powerful one, actually, I find all the others so different because I spend more time living in them. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So you I can wonder if find I, the nuance between so, TV sta- uh, you can find the nuance between pins and needles and drinking carbonated drinks. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. a difference. So again, smell wise in here today, we've got all these amazing smell of beer. We've now got <clears> this amazing smell of uh, onion rings. But someone in here today is wearing YSL Kauros, and I wish I knew who because it's a wonderful smell, and I haven't smelled it for years. But it just keeps wafting by every now and then. Okay. Oh, oh someone in here, not mm. us. No, well, it might be. This Are you guys why I'm wearing a YSL, <laughs> Lucas? Uh, I'm wearing cologne. I don't know what it's called. How uh, can you wear it and not know what it's called? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I am not a detail-orientated person. <laughs> okay, well, maybe it is you. Well done, you. Yeah, you if you're go. walking around wearing YSL Kauros, you are showing a high degree of sophistication. <laughs> Only equaled by your singing ability. Oh, amazing. So the, the Kipper is an... Which is number two. Which is number two is an English-style IPA. I like this one. Hops, malt, deep stone fruit, deep stone fruit flavors complement soft caramel notes. Look, to me, there's a really, really interesting low plum note or prune note in there. Like right before the bitterness. Yeah, it's actually darker oh. than the Giller. Yep. Wow, oh, okay, I so physically in color it is. Okay. Yeah, slightly more dark, like a deep amber. Uh, deep amber. Um, yeah, mm. I think the Kip is like my, new, my new favorite. I was, really? Yeah, I was on the... Um, Gila monster a fair bit but it is a heavy it's a heavy beer there's only so many you can drink I imagine you'd keep drinking the kipper until you discovered you can't stand yeah whereas the gila it doesn't take long for that to happen you suddenly (laughs) realise I don't have knees I have wobbles yeah that'll do it Mm. okay so 
Uh, so this used to be uh, a, Komo a Komodo dragon on the, on the label oh, being, yeah. because yeah. of lizards. So it, that's right? why it's like K-IPA. But it is an English-style IPA. And so they're currently they're rebranding it, and now it has a the unit, Red Cross, Red yeah. Cross, like English Red Cross. Oh, look, uh, Cross of Saint George. Cross of Saint George, sounds right. He slew a dragon. <laughs> and then, um, oh, that kind of makes sense. Komodo dragon. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's, there's like a lineage there. Or maybe what we need a picture of is a sort of a, a um, Indonesian parks and wildlife dude with a big stick. Go and stay over there. But what does that have to do with England? Nothing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but it has a Komodo dragon, and that's a bit I I'm see. really entertained right, by. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Did everyone see that there was a the oldest living like land mammal was Galapagos Islands, one of those turtles? It's like 190. I think Whoa. they just found that one of the ones that's still alive is much older than they thought, too. Oh, wow. Okay. They thought that, you know, when Daryl the turtle, tortoise, whatever he is, tortoise, went to the zoo, you know, he was only a young chap, and I think they've worked out he was already 100. Mm. Damn. And that's 100 years ago. That's a long time to just be eating and sleeping. You really that's, hope that's he doesn't really have a do. lot of neurons. Yeah. You just want him to have a neuron that says, I'm chewing and I'm <laughs> in the sun. And I'm in the sun Happy and I'm chewing. Yep. And I'm chewing and I'm in the sun. <laughs> yeah. And I'm in the sun and I'm chewing. Bit thirsty. <laughs> I could... I could session this, I think. This is... The kipper. Mm, I feel yeah. like this is more... I don't know, it's more subtle to me. Um, the 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 Bruce... What was it? The Bruce Lizard. Lizard, mm. uh, which is the West Coast IPA, and the, the Russian stout were more um, flavoursome to me, personally. Yeah, the, there's more sort of explosion more bang. in there. Wait, yeah. So you don't want to session a more well, flavourful I mean, you one? you could. You could. I just feel like... You by can the do anything, the, Tim. Yeah, the world <laughs> is full of power. possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> Don't doubt yourself. <laughs> but yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just, I don't know. This is like, it's, it's easy drinking, I find. Mm, yeah, 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 it's not overpowering in, in flavor. And it's interesting as the stout is warming up, more and more flavors are coming out. Ooh. With some of the others, again, they will all behave differently with temperature change. The stout's going to get more and more complexity. You know, it'll be harder for the IPAs you know, to kind of cope with the fruit will get fruitier. And the other things will disappear a bit. Yeah, because now that I'm um, drinking the lighter beers, I'm not getting any of that citrus. No. Kind of, mm. yeah. The stout sort of, as you start getting that roasted flavor. Oh, yeah. You know, the roasted flavor makes it really hard to taste some of the other things. And you go, well, that's okay because the roasted flavor is amazing. It would pair well. It has the same energy as a woodlock fire, surely. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and grilled moose. <laughs> grilled moose. Nice. Is that something you've eaten, David? I've never eaten that. No, no, I'm just thinking that if you're going to have a proper sized fire, you need a proper sized meal. <laughs> and a proper sized meal can't be a piece of cow because that's sensible. <laughs> you know, moose is basically big deer. So mm. I get excited to do these podcasts because I like getting to that level of 0 0.08. Um, <laughs> get that creativity level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the same time, often we're doing these serious podcasts, David, and. Uh, I am very tired after the end of them, whereas I feel like when we do these, I am very energized and I just want to keep recording. Yeah, it's the exact opposite. Other than after, there's a bit of a, oh, I need a nap now from the carbs. Mm. Do you find, Lucas, do you ever play drunk? Well, not drunk, but not sober? Yeah. Um, I try to limit the intake, limit that now, but there was a, a period of time, um, probably a couple of years ago, that 
Yeah, I would I would drink a fair bit each each time I played. Um, I don't really know why. I guess probably to hit that point away, um, but not knowing that there was that that kind of sweet spot, it yeah. would be um, fleeting, and then I would end up in the wrong end of it. So yeah, um, and then playing becomes harder and harder. Yeah, and, and then it's yeah. like maybe I don't do yeah harder and harder is probably uh, the right way to put it, but maybe I'm not you know on my best. Uh, even creatively at that point um, and I might miss a few things miss a few beats or although I'm a bit more confident you know or or I could sell it but yeah something about it also if I got too drunk then I wouldn't remember that I had a good time yeah. <laughs> so then yeah, all came up with a different way to phrase something that really you liked and the audience liked exactly so when you don't know that all the effort put in worked well that's sort of very unrewarding yeah and you know it's kind of like a forced flow state, but the flow state isn't what, where I want to be because time yeah. kind of just slips by, yeah. I think. And, and then a set or a, you know, a few songs go by and I, I wasn't really in it. When you read descriptions of sort of Eric Clapton in the late 60s being so wasted that he ends up laying on the stage with his Stratocaster, laying on his chest, playing, laying on the floor, oh. and people want those recordings. And you're like, how? Mm. Like what bit of his brain was still at that level of rest? Yeah, was putting the blues together in a way so profound, and what terrible message is that sending to everyone else oh, who's struggling yeah. to play well? Very true. Like, hello, all I actually have to do is get completely broken, right? And not wrecked, but properly broken. And you know, in the '90s when I was playing guitar seriously, you know, I knew a lot of guitarists who ended up doing an awful lot of drugs, with the misapprehension that there would be some sort of breakthrough moment if they went further and further and further. Not just realising that a buzz that took their stress away was the win. They were going for like some mythical transition. Mm. That, you know, the drug would alter them, which is kind of sad to watch. Yeah, I think there's... The way I see it now is there are gigs that I would... I want to be completely sober for. And mm. that is happening more and more frequently. Just so I can do my best, you know, or maybe try and reach that same uh, feeling at 0.08, but with a different drug, like a naturally occurring one that's like happening in my brain. breathing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like just a G chord, just a really solid G chord that just uh, hits it. Just give us Trans- a G right. chord. Yeah. Transcends. Yeah, that's one of those interesting differences, Lucas. Like you can look out and watch a crowd. Mm. You know, in the 90s when I was on stage and we, you know, high volume, because, you know, electric guitar and progressive yeah. metal, there's not much room in progressive metal to know what the audience are doing. So I was always playing in a bubble. So if I enjoyed my bubble, it was a good night. If I didn't enjoy my bubble, it really didn't matter what the audience got out of it. And because I was a perfectionist, more often than not, I didn't enjoy my night. And it was only when I talked to the audience after that I redeemed the evening. Yes, that is, that is very relatable. Similar? Yes, yeah. I think that bubble is is when you can be your best because you're kind of not really focused on too much else. Um, I like when I get energy from the crowd, but when I'm looking for it and I don't get it, then that's a that's ne- really negative bad. and I don't yeah. really yeah. need it. It like, drags you down. That, that leaves me worse oh, off. Interesting. So. so there's like a stoicism in, in, in that you have yeah. to like be prepared to effectively have no feedback and no external yeah. motivators. Yeah, um, like if you can get positives, great, but you can't take the negatives on board. So exactly. if it's a venue that does shit food, and it's just not a nice vibe if that suddenly hits you. And the number of times I watched bands, or you know, listened to bands, Psychologic was aware of bands 
who were affected by that environment and it put them off from the first second and because they're so affected by the room and the people and everything going on around them all the social cues are I don't really want to be here so they've got up on stage with this underlying unconscious not really wanting to be there and people pick up on that yeah like, oh, it's, and then it's it gets worse yeah. it cycles it gets worse and worse oh it's good to know that Again, you find the bubble helpful because I always kind of wondered, is this bubble thing good or bad? Because more often than not, it meant my perfectionism got in the way, but it did make me audience-proof. Yes, <laughs> audience-proof. I like that. <laughs> yeah, we'll get your tattoo across your knuckles. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> well, David, I did, I did buy an uh, electric guitar and an electric guitar amp. I bought a, uh, a Fender Blues Junior and Very I nice. have a, a 335 Chinese clone. Which Chinese clone did you I get? I got the Firefly. Oh, they're meant to be lovely. Yeah. So you got that when you were in America because they're really hard to get here. I got it, I got it at Cashy's. At <laughs> Cash wow. Converters here, yeah, for like 400 bucks. Fantastic. We are going to have Ian from Artist Guitars uh, on mm. Blind Insights in a couple of weeks. Oh. And he's the Australian version of Firefly. He's doing these amazing guitars for under 500 bucks. What would be interesting at some point too would be to compare your Firefly Uh, and my artist because they're similar price point. Mm. My artist was, you know, the story behind it's really interesting. Like I listened to reviews on YouTube by two guitarists I really respect and thought, oh, this is too good to be true. I wanted a semi-acoustic when I started playing again. And then I looked at the reviews on the artist website and one of my politics lecturers from when I started my degree in the 90s had just bought one and loved it. And he had always wanted me to play lead guitar in his band. Oh. And I know he's got good tasting guitars and is a good guitarist. And mm. he was literally choosing to leave his $3,000 Telecaster home and he was going to gig with this $400 artist. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm like, all right, if Wayne thinks it's good, Wayne Cristado, shout out to you. Well done, dude, <laughs> for making me spend more money. <laughs> but yeah. thankfully it was 400 bucks on an artist, not $4,000 on a Gibson. Well, it's like those brands have established such a name now. They're kind of, I mean, you hope they don't, but they probably rest on their laurels a bit and don't uphold the kind of quality that they used to because they have the name now. I think that's especially true of the music industry. And it's two sides, I think, there. It's that they've got a name to uphold, so they have to spend a lot of money on advertising and they have to spend a lot of money on artificially pumping up reputation. Because if you yes. know that Firefly or Artist are generating brilliant copies of these guitars, and all right, they're not beautifully handmade by some dude named Bubba in Tennessee. You know, if you want the handmade guitar by Bubba in Tennessee, pay the five grand. Yeah. Like, I would love to have an ES335 made by Heritage, which is all the Gibson guys mm-hmm. who left Gibson and formed their own company and do everything by hand. But your know, Heritage starts at $3,500. And it's not going to be that much better than Lucas or my guitar. You know, it's going to be more beautiful and everything's going to be perfect. But at the end of the day, a copy of a 1958 pickup is a copy of a 1958 pickup. A pressed maple body is a pressed maple body. There's only so many variables here. And the biggest thing you end up paying for is someone loves their job and does every step by hand. And you can pay for that because that's what you want to support in the world. Or if you don't have the money like Lucas and I, you can go, I'll have the, the least worst thing I can afford. Yeah. You know, Pat, last year when you talked about you know, tool channels on YouTube, and I think you know, you've been approached as like, you know, 
demo some tools and stuff like that. You know, how many brands of tools are coming out of nowhere and actually doing good gear, or do you still need to buy good mm. tools? Probably not a lot, really. Um, I've seen that, like, Stanley have started making power tools, and I think they're going to be, like, the new Ryobi. Because they're, like... They've got the money to do it right, yeah. but also to reduce the cost. They've been doing it for a little while, and they use Phillips batteries and stuff. They're, yeah. Like, it's, like they I mean, do have the right partners. The problem with Stanley is, is that <clears throat> their bracket, well, personally, and you can rec- you use tools more than me, but the problem, from my perspective, as someone who sells this stuff, is that their um, range of, like, their really shit stuff and their really good stuff is massive and so you actually don't know what you're going to get when you're looking at it from the box yeah. ah so the base okay. quality level is not high enough and the high quality you may as well buy the known 100 percent because the, well okay. well they own sid chrome they own uh i don't think they own king chrome but like they own like you know, good I, quality tools. they've gone on a very big shopping trip to well right. I, I could be right okay yeah i believe the well uh stanley as yep. well which is weird because well already have power tools but maybe they're trying to like but obviously, it didn't resonate yeah, with the market. Yeah, so there's still like there are se- like a, there are several companies that have off-brand mm. tools that are like you know entry level. You know, yeah. like Bosch did the the green tools, which were like the handyman like you know DIY tool brand entry level. Bosch. Um, and yeah. I I had some of them really early on because they were cheap, but and it actually put me off Bosch because I was like these are garbage. So rather than make you want to go to the next level because you felt you'd got value. And yeah. the more you became a machine who could do brilliant work and you needed tools to do brilliant work, you went, well, that entry level has told me they really don't know what they're about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, I think yeah. they did themselves a disservice doing... I don't know if they even still do it anymore because um, the Bosch professional stuff is like really high-end. And if you started there, you'd be loyal for life. Yeah. Like yeah. Ryobi people are loyal for life. Like if I remember correctly, my uncle who can make basically anything... His entire cage in his shed in the 90s was just all Ryobi. Wow. Because yeah. it all worked. That's like, I, I've, I don't try and, um, like, I try and stay impartial to tool brands and stuff because. Oh, interesting. It's just like, if it. Like if the politics? Yeah, yeah. Because like, like, some people are like, fuck Ryobi. Like, yeah, but the yeah, whole yeah, fanboy yeah, thing. Know, like, we works. get it enough in guitars, we get it in amps, we get it in everything. We get yeah. it in things like the fact that we're trying to support. You know, Australian production in that we're using you know, Australian-made gear here to record this. Mm, we're not true. supporting them because you know, they're Australian. We're supporting them because they actually make really good gear. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because sometimes Australian-made stuff isn't actually that no, bloody often good. it's pretty bloody average. Yeah, yeah, I have to say, unfortunately, as unpatriotic as that is. That is. Well, it's just that, and that's just how it is. That's why like, you can't just be like, oh, it's Australian-made, it's the best. <laughs> No. Whereas, like, oh, it's Makita, it's the best. I mean, Makita are pretty good, but, yeah. um, you know, some people are like, oh, if it's not Milwaukee, I don't want it. Yeah. Whereas, like, I have several brands of tools, mm. and I just buy, um, really, if it's something I need, whatever's on sale, like, well, that's probably what I'm going to get. Yeah, yeah. that um, you know is in, in the good range. Yeah. As long as it's in the good range, you can make it do good enough quality you know, to get the outcome you need. Yeah, the, the outcome. That's what I was going to say before about the, the guitar brands as well, and I think it might apply, is that, yeah. like, I'm getting it as a creative tool. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what guitar I'm playing. You just want I, the sound. I, yeah, I want yeah. the sound that it makes, you know? So, and, and you want the tool for the, yeah. you know, for the specific action that it can perform, right? Yeah. So, 
like I don't really have much loyalty to to brands, so although what I've been advertised there and yeah. it worked well, and it was within a budget that I wanted a yeah. my entry so level guitar. Yeah, yeah, and I've played it, you know, maybe more than my acoustics now, just as a result of not having the stigma or the pressure to be like, okay, this I have all this. You know, a thousand dollars worth of amp and yeah. you know, two thousand dollars worth of guitar. That's not going to make me sound better. It's no. the hours that I put in. But the whole point is, it will make your life easier as a singer-songwriter using an ES three three five than it will an acoustic. You'll have less problems with feedback. You'll find it easier to get tone and manage tone. Like, there's a reason why Roy Orbison played an ES three three five because he could sing those amazing lines and play along with what he was singing and balance everything up in the mix without it being a major drama. Yep. There's a reason why the S335 is kind of the superhero guitar, where if you can only have one electric guitar, it really should be an ES335 copy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And it's amazing you kind of got there as you're sort of, I'm going to have one to see how this goes. Yeah. And you literally ended up with the, the ultimate jack of all trades from kind of the ultimate bargain get it in players' hands brand. Mm. The neat combo that it worked out so well. So there's like super interesting observation and I think like I often think about this as someone who is a, a prosumer, professional consumer. Nice. <laughs> um, I haven't heard that before. Congratulations. <laughs> you get paid for that. It's like there's like a there's like a level of um, audio gear that sits like or and like even with cameras and things like that. And I'm not sure whether this even applies to tools, maybe. But like there's this level that like sits between like the consumer like household level and the professional level, and they call it the prosumer range. Like so, for instance, Rode really occupies this. Uh, as the microphone and deck brand that we're using today uh, because a lot of their stuff you could use probably in a professional capacity but this really is not that variable it's really designed to this deck that we're using this mixer that we're using right now is designed to be used by a lay person and then I as a, even a professional use it it's, a, it's like a weird kind of because it has the function of yeah. a professional sure. um, at a, at a consumer at a consumer price I guess even um, so it's an interesting observation and I, yeah, like I said, I think about this all the time that just because like a brand like Fender or a brand like uh, Makita or, or whatever it is might make like the best angle grinder or like the best XYZ doesn't mean that every single thing that they make is good. No, Sometimes, you have to be able to see yeah, that very true. they try and have a quality level, but that doesn't mean for your use purpose, they are actually the same. Mm. Yeah. It's like. Uh, just for a quick example, like Bosch have really good batteries and I have one of their grinders, but they have such good battery technology to protect their batteries that the grinder overheats all the time because it is protecting the battery and that shits me to tears because it's like, I just, you I just want, want the tool I don't to care. work. I want it to do its job. Yeah. So like that does it a disservice. Yeah. Um, and and yeah. those kind of fascinating things you realize that in any product, there are so many components and it doesn't necessarily end up being the case that all of them are good to go at the same time. Mm. So, you know, interestingly with Artist, you're getting locking tuners on a $300 guitar. Wow. Now, the first generation of locking tuners, there were occasional failures. And because Ian is the guy he is at Artist, if you said you had a problem, he'd just send you one in the mail and you replace your tuner, problem goes away. Mm. My Strat, when I got it set up, the guys made the comment, these tuners are really good. Yes. 
And I'm like, hang on, one iteration, and he's already debugged a major component mm. on an electric guitar. Mm. What will be the next thing he debugs? Mm. And will, will any of these debuggings have to start raising the price? Well, even if he does, when you can get a really nice Stratocaster copy for $299 versus a minimum of 1000 for a Mexican Fender, he could go up to $400 and still kick bottom. Yeah, yeah. And by the time it's a $400 artist, it'll be equivalent to an $1,800 Fender. Yeah. I think that also, like, I, I get this feeling that for me, I, I want to be, I don't want to be a consumer. I don't want to have to, like, <laughs> yeah. filter through everything and go through reviews and look at yeah. five-star ratings and all this stuff. I just want a guitar in this case or a yeah. microphone yeah. that does what I want it to do and yeah. and that people won't be like oh my god he's got one of these at a yeah. gig or something but I don't know it just comes with all this politics yeah that, yeah. Was, that yeah. was a point I was going to bring up how you you know you've got this firefly and can you shred it and it looks good and it makes the sound you want it to make <laughs> yeah. and it's like so at what point you know like if you're playing to say 10,000 people on a stage like oh yeah and you know Put it out in the universe, Pat. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. Lucas A, <laughs> check him out. Uh, <laughs> but say you're doing that right. Like Gibson are probably going to approach you or oh, someone sure. is going to approach you and say, uh, oh, we'll give you this free guitar. Yeah. And, yep. you know, that's how they maintain their that, that brand image. as oh, that is their anyone, who's, yeah. Yeah. Is anyone who's anyone has a fucking Gibson. Yep. Sorry if there's no swearing on this podcast. Just, oh, no, no, no. swearing is fine. As much swearing as we it. just haven't got to pirate land yet. I don't think we've ever said the C word on the podcast. We could we could have that. We could, yeah. <laughs> but it needs to be for a good reason. That is like the good reason word. Yeah. It, it has to be a special kind of person. Yeah. Um, I've really picked it up since Lucas has been around. He's just oh, a terrible influence oh, on me. Oh, hold on. Okay, no, as a quick aside, because I remember having this conversation with Chloe once that like, because definitely some people interpret that as like quite an oppressive word, and yes, then other yeah, people. It was are, Chloe we were talking about because it was before we recorded with her. I remember that. Really? Okay. And, and yeah. it fit with my kind of thinking that the problem is that word is just not a word. It's a word that's been used to crush women. Oh yeah. So for that reason alone, it's worth trying to avoid the word. Okay. See, because I think other women, for instance, my sister actually is on a campaign to reclaim the word. Uh, good luck. Right. Interesting. <laughs> That's because all I've got to say. I say it with absolutely no connection to what it used to mean, mm. what it even means now. It's just a way to besmirch it, it's, someone it's in an unintelligent the new, way. The new yeah. fuck, almost. Yeah, yes. pretty much. Because yeah. that's just got too normalized. Which, yeah. 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 So we need to invent some swear words. You know, in Japan, right, they basically don't have a word that's like worse than shit. Like, yeah, but that's also because at that point they're going to go, I've offended everyone, I'll become a shutter. Uh, I yeah, imagine coming yeah, to Australia. Seppuku, like... Strap in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, or strap in or strap on. <laughs> yeah, damn. Um, yeah, if, well, we can invent some uh, some new words. Yes. Well, I mean, yeah. A bit later. <laughs> Tim already did. What was that one? Like? <laughs> Seppuku. <laughs> Um, uh, okay, yeah. Um, I, gentlemen, I'm, I've literally finished my entire uh, Gila Monster. Yeah, I was going to say, it's time to return to beer. How are people going now? They're warming up a bit. I have now finished all four of them. <laughs> and we know who is the beer slurpy man. Yeah. I, um, Pat, the beer slurpy man. Still, the kipper was my favorite, uh, even as it warmed. Mm. The Russian was pretty good, though. I still, oh, got, still, going, I right? still got it. I've, I've savored it. Mm. I'm, I'm actually more of a fan, funnily enough, of the, the Bruce. The Bruce mm. Lizard? The Bruce Lizard. Mm. What, now that... It, now that 
You've had the Not others? Not so much that it's warm. I see you've <laughs> emptied the kipper and the gila. Yeah, yeah. Weirdly enough, because I'm kind of savoring this one. The, the Russian is like, is, is very good, but I'm not sure that I would drink it very often. I'm leaning towards the, the Russian stout as one of the things I would want it to be in a 750ml bottle. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I'd want to split it and share it in brandy balloons yep. and hold it and let it really warm up and let it start to vaporize and all the flavors come out. And sip it like for something that lasts for an hour. Stout is one of those weird things, yeah. I think, because stout's it, not like beer. You don't just go slurp. Stout is to beer what uh, port is to wine. I Precisely. think. Precisely. Mm. Yes. True. Because, so to me, it, you know, it's really nice, but I'm kind of going. Context is not quite right for what it is. Like the fact <clears> that it's being packed in a can is awesome. Mm. It won't be light affected. It'll be very stable. But almost like a you know a good barley wine, I'd like to be able to lay that stout down and. You know, let it have two years of quiet mm. time, and they go, "Hi, how you doing?" <laughs> and they go, "Well, I've done all this growing up." Yeah, would you think we now. could we could convince the shifty to have like vintages of stout? Well, Mountain Goat have made a massive success out of this, yeah. and this is the problem because I love the Mountain Goat like yearly Imperial Stout, mm-hmm. which again I've never bought in a bottle shop, so I don't know what the price is there. But you know, to buy it at Crafers over the bar is fifty nine bottles. $59 for a 750ml bottle. But you buy it to sit and sip, and they don't even do it in beer glasses. They bring out brandy balloons. Well, Pat and I, we, we're sitting next to some good communicators. If anyone can convince the shifty, then it's you two lads, <laughs> yeah. right? So, you know, market it a different way, because putting a stout that good in a can... But I want it now. <laughs> yeah, but you can have it now. So the slurper. Yeah, you're talking to the slurper. Yeah, but dude, yeah, you, you can be the slurper and we'll be the ones who go, now, Pat, do you remember that thing you went yeah. a year ago? Well, we hit it. No. <laughs> I found it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because only Lucas shares a house with you. Mm-hmm. Tim and I can hide stuff. And then go, Pat, yeah, there you go. look, happy Pat. <laughs> Speaking of happy Pat, um, uh, that's not that this should make you happy in any way. Pat recently helped uh, put up a fence, um, and and I think he, I, I believe that he was the one to manufacture the fence as well. I did not. Um, I be- oh, okay. Well, I was <laughs> gonna, I was story. gonna, I was going to compliment you even further. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so well, there's a story in, in there as well. But Pat recently helped me put up a fence at my new house, and uh, I am so unbelievably thankful for all of his help and and labour. It came out on a Saturday morning at like eight a.m. Um, yeah, 30 minutes away from his house and he went to the hardware store before that and just uh, was uh, very generous of his time and, and expertise and uh, the fence looks amazing and I, I thought that he welded it as well because uh, the other landscapers and, and, and fencing people we've had on our property have complimented the welds and stuff on the fence so I was going to pass fence. that on. I was going to pass that on but um, uh, therein lies the story. Why, why didn't you manufacture this fence? Uh, because I, I quit the place that manufactures them. I would have done it. I, I planned on doing it, but I obviously left before we got to that point. So Pat is now post-fence. I am post-fence. <laughs> As a post-defense post. You're out, in the, you're out on your own. <laughs> out on your own in the real yeah, world. Yeah, I know. So doing strange, and, you know, stuff. Here I am, day drinking on a Thursday, <laughs> living the dream. <laughs> yeah, but that is because you worked your ass off yesterday, right? Uh, what did I do? Come on, you were literally welding 15 minutes before these guys picked us yeah, up. So okay. right, come on, that's true. Yeah, come on. I did work. Stop being bad. I did work yesterday. You've been working. Time is uh, time is hard to keep track of when you've been working full time for eight years. Yeah, and then you go to uh, on your time. own time. 
Yeah, Pat I keep saying unemployment, but not Pat. <laughs> You're not unemployed. I guess like self-employed. But, but even then, I'm also like, retired. Yeah, <laughs> he's retired early, like an NFL player. See, yeah. even then though, like, when did you actually start working in that workshop? Because I, I, to my understanding, you were sweeping the floors in like when you were twelve. Long before you were doing the yeah, other stuff. Yeah, uh, two thousand and seven was so, probably when I started. That. Wow. Okay, so fourteen years basically is yeah. it's really been part of your life. Yeah. yeah. So, so the majority, actually, even of your life. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, uh, I guess, like almost like a little second home. Like I, I knew where everything was there. I contributed a lot to like how it was laid out and organized and set up and I don't know, I would be there on the weekends. Like that was the place I would be doing my projects and stuff because I had access to it. How did you um, ever meet Chloe if you spent so much time in the workshop? Like I'm not uh, guessing that Chloe ever needs Snapchat. anything well done. <laughs> <laughs> I, okay. that, that's a whole nother guys I now have a very confused look on my face going Snapchat that's one of those visual things I'm confused yeah yeah. we'll just let it die there I think yeah, no, yeah we might as well <laughs> unless you want it's to tell the story, story. nah alright just sum it up real quick uh, high school 2012 probably yep. okay so really you know Monday to Friday 9 till 3.30 you were forced to not be workshop aficionado and because of that, you actually met people like well, Tim and Lucas uh, and Chloe. Well, you had to go to school, mate. Was I? St- I don't think it. No, we had graduated, and oh, I was just. Oh, so I don't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I guess I was working at Pelican Panels because that's all I've in ever the workshop. Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably but, like same parties and that. New of uh, yeah, same same circles. Yeah. But um, so she made a Facebook status with her Snapchat thing there. Oh. And Classic. I added her on Snapchat. And if I hadn't have done that, then we probably wouldn't be married Whoa. today. Like, what a tiny, yeah. man, that's tiny decision is. that is made in life. Oh, 100%. Results 100%. This is something Karen and I talk about quite regularly that, you know, luck is the things that happen to you, but the, what, the important thing is what you do with them. Mm. Like, yeah. you know, Karen walked up from the music library to head to Rundamall to buy chocolate. I was heading from the train station to my office to get ready to start teaching the new semester. And we ran into each other and, you know, she said hi. And I said, what are you doing for lunch? Wow. That is a Hollywood meet cute. Yeah, but, you know, dumb luck of five seconds either way. Dave's got game. (laughs) You know, the lights are a bit later. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's what life's like. You know, listeners, again, we're going to have a serious moment in Blind Drunk. Mm. I know it's illogical. Go for it. Luck is the tiny things that happen, but what makes luck work and why... Some people are really lucky, is because when they get those tiny opportunities, they don't fart us about for you know thirty seconds. Go, what should I do? <laughs> they actually just fucking do it. Mm. So luck means just do it. If it speaks to you, I guess it's clear what you need to do, right? Well, just do it because the world is better with more nice people. The world is better doing more nice things. The world is better empowering more people. The world is better just being more connected to people who are at least willing to try to reciprocate. Mm. If you do that little bit with luck, pretty much everything else will take care of itself. Lots of power in that. Well, hopefully empower, because <laughs> if it was power, then I could rule the world. <laughs> you wouldn't want that, would you? Oh, it'd be so cool. Lucas <laughs> could be a minister of the arts. Oh, amazing. I could be I'm minister in. of industry. <laughs> Tim could be a comms guy once I help him get up to kind of ruthless yeah, I feel comms like you speed. Would, yeah, honestly, I feel like you would be the best comms person for yourself. <laughs> yeah, but if I'm busy kind of being well dictated. I don't want to be your comms person because then I would just be like, I would want to be something that you wouldn't know much about. 
Do you want to run the equivalent of you know like GBC Global Broadcasting Corporation? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I want to be. Yeah, no, actually, you're right. I want to be ahead. I want to be ahead, like ahead of comms, but like. He but, wants to be the story before comms got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're going to be head of the Global Broadcasting Corporation. Yep. Well, and it. every week you have like a and a with the public where you let uh, the, a stout just nicely air for an hour <laughs> over near the fire while you're playing guitar and you well, just answer questions. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> David only Q&A. Yeah. King of the Russian yeah. beard. Oh, <laughs> the callback. Yeah. Good nice. evening, comrade colonel. Um, Tonight I'm going to put this moose. in front of you, David. This is the onion rings and I don't believe you tried the tomato sauce yet. To the right. Oh, oh, it's, it's, like it's, uh, it's like a yes. spicy tomato yes. sauce. Yes. It's dipped so on everything. I don't want to make a mess. How do you feel now that you're self-employed? Mm. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, like I was saying, it's just like a struggle after working full-time for so many years um, just to be on my own time. And it's like just keeping track of days and things that you, like is so simple when you get up, all right, Monday I've got to go to work, Tuesday i got to go to work, blah, 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 you know. Um, like your work ethic is has remained full yeah, time. You know, like I'm still doing stuff. Like I still <laughs> do stuff all day every day. But I'm like, every day almost feels like a Sunday morning. And I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, you could sleep in an hour. Yeah, like. and I just oh, I'll make a coffee, and then you know, how much time are you saving by not driving? Uh, not driving. Oh, and probably oh, forty minutes a day, probably. Man, that's um, a lot of extra time back. Yeah, I I thought I would have so much time when I, um, you <laughs> no, know, my, my you're first a busy person and my, you will always find things. To yeah, do. I know it's a curse. My yeah. first week off, I was like, oh, I'm gonna organize my life and I'm gonna get all my shit together, and <laughs> it took more than a week. <laughs> but you didn't do and it. Here we are, buddy, four or five weeks later, and I'm still busy every day. And it's just I don't know, just living each day as it comes, and it's been do you good. Feel you're pushing yourself a bit too hard to get more done. Nah, nah, I'm, I like, I probably don't really start the day until like, I don't know, nine, well, I don't know, what time did I start today? I, I don't know, I, I was up before you. You're you always up before me, so. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, Lucas, you do work at like, yeah, strange yeah, you are hours. Not <laughs> yeah, so I'm on the opposite really page. Yeah. yeah, yeah, 8am is when you, get you home start, 8pm is when I start. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, but how good. many years did you start at 7.30 like most tradies? Yeah, like eight. Eight years. Yeah. So really, nine a.m. when you don't have to drive anywhere, when everything's there in your shed, ready to go. And how much is having this little extra time meaning that when you get to the workshop, you know exactly how you want to do a project? Um, I guess that's kind of a hard one to answer because I actually haven't done that much in the shed. Uh, I've done like, I don't know like four or five jobs since I left. Um, but some of them have been, well, one of them was helping a mate who's just gone out on his own as a builder, Rexter Building and Maintenance, mm-hmm. plug there. Good um, plug. Put up a pergola, um, which has just been good doing something different all the time, you know? Like, yeah. Um, like you, you basically had, what, 20 different styles of fence that you were effectively welding up yeah, week. yeah, which yeah. is the path to kind of brain die. Yeah, you know, I think that's like I was there for a long time and I wasn't happy there for a while and I guess I blamed it on several other things but the main thing was I just didn't want to be there anymore but I just couldn't see it 
And mm. but when you're so habituated to something and now you've got the bills yeah. of we got to pay this off, we got to pay this off, you just cope with stuff. Like one of the things I'm realising this year being a master's student rather than being a lecturer is how much I hate the university. Ooh. Like their sheer incompetence at looking after their people, you know, of making sure their teachers are supported and making sure their students have what they need. And now I can say it because I'm not earning money from them. Does that feel freeing? Oh, massively. It's also that semi-terrifying thing that something that was a consistent partial income stream year in, year out for 20 years. And that's that thing that grabs you. There's like an octopus tentacle that says, you need the cash. Oh, yeah. And you tolerate the misery. Yeah. Well, that's what I was talking to Lucas about the other day. I was like, what did I say? Um, Like, I wonder how many people get up and do what they do every day just because it's what they do every day. That's the main Not reason. Not because they want to they actually, it's what they want to do. Yeah, it's the main reason. Um, yeah, and I don't know. <laughs> you've yeah, escaped. I, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> no, but tomorrow, you've escaped but... it for now. I, yeah, I, well, I, I hope not to go back to it really because yeah. um, like I could go and get a job tomorrow if I wanted to and I guess I'm, I'm lucky and I'm privileged that I have uh, well, you've worked hard. Mega transferable yeah, skills. You've worked that skill set that, that yeah. I've worked on, and I I spent that time yeah. building it, even though I didn't have to. Um, so now, you know, if I if I want to just work for myself, I can do that. If I want to go get a job somewhere, I can do that. Yep. Um, I hope so anyway. But it's working out all right. <laughs> Man, so as far. long as the clients like defense yeah. keep getting you to do the crazy technical stuff, and you keep remembering to connect with people. Yeah, and to leave the door one. open. And that's a big thing. You've got to remember, you can't just go hang in the shed. You need to go and do some of those jobs with friends who are builders. You need to go and do some jobs where people see you on site. So they go, whoa, Pat's work is good. Yeah. Even well, when it's yeah. not his specialist area. Yeah. And then was, just refer it on to you. Yeah. It was like, it's, it's fun and uh, interesting doing something different. And like, because uh, Sean, who I was doing a bit of work on site with, like, He's a good mate as well, so it's like I just get to, and I don't see him very often, so it was hangout time. It's yeah, yeah, rewarding. It, it, as yeah, well. exactly. Yeah. Is and I'm like I'm I'm helping him out. Yeah. Um, just and by, he's by in a similar position in that, you know, going out on his own and y- yeah. you know, and it's that trying network. to figure it out. You're all, you're all just figuring it out as you go. So. Yeah. Oh, it's that oh, network that will end up being the yeah. powerful bit. Good like sense of community feeling, even in doing your work. Yep. Do you find, uh, look, Pat, like I've, I have to commend you, and I'm not sure whether you want to talk on the, uh, on the podcast about this, and definitely just uh, I'll cut it out if you don't. But like I really respect the fact that you used to work for what was your parents' company, and now you don't. And that is like that is a big move to make when I think there's a lot of emotional um, kind of serious ties there. Yeah, I think that I'm lucky in that they just want what's best for me, mm. and they could see that it wasn't working there. And we just had different visions. Like we're at different parts of our lives. Like, you know, they're probably looking at winding down and retiring. And yep, that consistency of, of building those like, 20 kind of fence panels is really good for them for just keeping things rolling on yeah. without undue stress. Whereas you want to do metal work backflips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, we're just at different points and, I, you know, I'm trying to set myself up and work out what I'm doing in the future and... I guess I just didn't see it there, so yeah, that's just I don't know just how how it ended up, but 
Pat, to bring it back to bring it back to beer, Pat. Um, I, I know obviously that you do you have for many years done a lot of work in your shed for kind of private clients and things. And I, I kind of always envision envision you with a with a with a beer by your side as you kind of weld some. Should, should we bring this back to the point uh, eight? Percent. Point <laughs> do you do it? Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like is that level. something that you find yourself you like work like you know you work out exactly how this uh, bike you know fuel tank is going to be when you're like exactly three oh, beers I in. I don't know if it's that. I don't know something like that. That was a fluke. The way I designed that tank was an <laughs> yeah. absolute fluke. I just like I drew a side profile of it and then I just. Like, but did you have a Cooper's Pale Ale? Well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of actually happened subconsciously. Yep. Yeah. Effortless yeah. action, even. Yeah. yeah. Well, you I'm freed like, your mind and it gave you an outcome. Some yeah. You just have to fail fast and like. Yep. Uh, you know, I was just 3D modeling something, and I if I like the look of it, then all right, good. I'll see what that looks like when I make it. But you know, like the seat pan I made, I made that three times before I made one that I was happy with. Mm. Yeah. Um, and it's just working out the kinks and you've got to be like, all right, no, this isn't going to work. I don't like it. And just know when to stop and be like, all right, I'm going to throw that in the bin. Yep. Next again. product. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, I I have definitely sank a beer or two while welding. <laughs> I, think, I think it helps. It steadies your hands, especially after you've had like three coffees that day. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> if you're an apprentice welder out there, that is... Bad advice. <laughs> yeah. Stay do away from the alcohol and the yeah. burnies until you're very good at the burnies. Yeah, interesting. I did. I did put a uh, ten mil drill bit into my thumb one night, and uh, I had been drinking, and I decided. Ten mil. Oh. Yeah, that's a big. I don't know hole. if you can see the scar from there. It's like oh, a triangle. Yeah, I can. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like a triangle <laughs> scar because I, I had been drinking, and I was like, oh, that's fine, and I just wrapped it up in like a rag and kept going. And oh, no. then the next morning it was like still bleeding. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm probably going to need stitches <laughs> for this. And um, they they had to like pull it open to see if I'd hit the bone and yeah. like flush it out. And it was a big job. Yeah. And they're like, oh, uh, I was like, oh, I'm probably going to need stitches. And they're like, yeah, if you came in when you first did it, then we could have done stitches. But uh, it's too late now. Oh, You're no. just going to have to let it oh, do, no. it. It's do its thing. So what did you learn? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Next time on uh, <laughs> Blind yeah, Runs, yeah, yeah. I'm still processing. <laughs> Gents, um, can I get your final impressions on the the Gila Monster? I actually don't know what the G the G is for, or even the ILA. What it, what, it, what does that even mean? Well, there is a lizard called yeah. Gila Monster, oh, so okay, I assume it is another reference to another big lizard. Because it's it's a double IPA. I IPA is that Indian? No, Indian Imperial Indian double. Pale Ale. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay, well, once you get double I, you're at imperial level. Okay, yeah. So, and it is uh, not for the faint of heart. <laughs> well, it's very slurpy and yum. Fruity aroma leads into a well-balanced bitterness. I think that's true. I think this is probably the most well-balanced of the IPAs. If you wanted a specific IPA, this would be the one that I would send you to, personally. It is tasty. It's very <laughs> yum. Well, I'm thinking, what am I going to have as my one pint when we order lunch, when we wrap up the recording? In yes. And I had, you know... I, interesting that Tim brought this up because I am leaning as much as I am a stout head mm. and stout is amazing. If I'm going to sit here and eat loaded fries, mm. the Gila Monster is going to go with loaded fries yeah. much better yeah. than the stout will. Yep. And it's not that I don't love stout. I'll buy stout on the way out as takeaway. Yep. <laughs> I just saw them stocking yeah, the fridge with that, the, the cans of oat. Oh, what is it? The Russian. Russian, Russian. Yeah. Yep. 
Russian Imperial. I, I, but I may even take Gila Monster home because Gila Monster is really young. In, as a shout out to Liam from the Ozcast Network, um, I think it rate it like it's quite high on the dirty dishwater scale. Like that for me was the most bitter personally. I'm not sure how everyone else feels. The Gila Monster, mm. right? Okay. Yeah, it's got a good bit of finish because it's got such a wonderful fruity start. So you get the biggest contrast between the two ends. I, it's just it's balanced. I, mm, yeah. It's just really yum. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I wish I, they I had the anything um, specific to say about it. I wish they had the hazy, oh, the hazy IPA here. Yeah, because yeah, it was like what pineapple and ginger infused. Like I never got that, but uh, yeah, it's it's hard to. You need to get Tim to read you what it tastes <laughs> yeah. like as you're sipping it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> maybe next time communication. We'll love that. <laughs> Tim, Tim, read me what is in. There. <laughs> what am I drinking? Gentle <laughs> by Tim. Uh, is there any any final comments? Anything anyone wanted to bring up for today? Oh, just very grateful that you've had Pat and I on. It's been uh, been a blast, especially only five minutes from where we uh, where we live. It's uh, really easy. <laughs> yeah, welcome anytime for the shifty. Yeah, no, sorry for you guys. Yeah, appreciate you. Oh, well, we appreciate you. Thank you both very much for coming on the podcast. It's been uh, insightful and fun, and uh, I uh, am looking forward to the after banter where we kind of go over that point. Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you, gentlemen, and thank you, listeners. Blind Drunk will hopefully not take another year for the next episode because very soon there will be a little brewery in Bowden in Plant 3, and they're going to be doing South American food beside their beer. Mm. Pat and Lucas may also join us, but it's a big drive for them. In the meantime, we also managed to get Lucas and Pat to play one of Lucas Day's original songs, The Brink, in one take. Again, just showing how good Lucas can sound in an uncontrolled environment with suboptimal gear. It's just a great result. Thank you to Pat and Lucas for playing for us, and listeners, we'll drink again with you soon. What is there to say? I guess I don't fit in your shoes. What do you want to hear? This is far from oh, so crystal clear. How many times until it sinks in? Repeating these scenes, leave a man with rough skin. You don't know the thing How many times will you push me to the brink? What made you this way? So untrusting So untrustworthy I can't believe what they say
push me to the brink. My toes are hanging over the edge, and I'm trying to find my footing. There's something I must confess I kinda like the feeling of falling How many times until it sinks in Repeatedly scenes leave a man with rough skin You don't understand Times. Will you push me to the brink? Will you push me to the brink? Will you push me to the brink? How many times? How many times? How many times? Will you push me to the brink? How many times?